Well, happy Father's Day, dads. Uh, Wherever you're watching from today, we want you to know that we love you, we're praying for you, and you have an important part to play. And the kids are in some kids' lives, and um, I know from experience that being a dad is rewarding, uh, but it's also a challenge. Uh, It's a challenge, it's a tough role, but it's one worth living. My son, Luke, has been begging us to get a mullet. Uh, You know, the whole business in front, party in the back thing. Evidently, they're in, depending on who you ask. But uh, he's been after us and wanting to get a mullet. And uh, talking to both Jenny and I, we've just been kind of putting him off. Well, Luke also has a friend. Uh, They're both 15. And uh, this buddy of his doesn't know how to ride a bike. Uh, won't get on a bike, uh, doesn't want to learn, has never ridden a bike before, and he's 15 years old. And so wherever they go, wherever Luke and his buddies go, they all ride their bikes, and his friend just kind of has to walk alongside of them. So the other night after dinner, we're, we're sitting together eating as a family. Luke started in again. Can I get a mullet? Can I get a mullet? And, you know, I really, I don't care if he gets a mullet, but I guess I'm just kind of having some fun with this. And so I, I come up with this idea, and I, I tell Luke across the table, I'm like, you know what, Luke, I'll tell you what. If you can get your buddy, if you can get him on a bike, uh, if you can teach him to ride a bike, and in fact, let's go as far as saying, if you can actually get and go on a bike ride with your friend, you know what? You can get a mullet. I kid you not, within an hour of that conversation, Luke not only got his friend on the bike, but taught him how to ride a bike. And within that hour, they were actually out on a bike ride. And wouldn't you know it, later that same evening, Our Noblesville youth pastor, Jose Torres, was giving my son, Luke, at least the beginnings of his mullet. Now, I'm not sure how Luke got his friend on a bike. I mean, maybe he's a really great teacher, or it's possible that his friend just really wants to see Luke with his mullet. And it's just hair, right? I mean, really, it's pretty innocent. It's just hair. It'll grow back. Or as my wife said, at least we already took our family pictures this year. But um, I love my kids. Uh, Chances are you you love your kids too. Uh, If you've got kids in your life, uh, you love them like crazy. And as parents, like what? We want them to do well. We want to see, you know, good things happen in their life. We hope that they're going to grow up and and make a difference, a positive difference in this world. Well, today, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about parenting, uh, the challenges and the rewards of parenting. And I know not everyone here is a parent, and uh, maybe some of you hope to be one one day. Uh, some of you have kids that are all grown up, and, and they're out of the house. They maybe have families of their own. But, but I also know that we've got a lot of parents in our church, probably a, a lot of parents of, of young kids or teens that are tuning in today. Uh, Some of you are fostering right now, or maybe you have the hopes of adopting one day. I mean, even if you're not a parent, chances are you have some level of influence in a kid's life. And Interestingly, the Bible has a lot to say about parenting, and I want to look at one specific verse with you today that comes out of the Old Testament book of Proverbs and speaks to the matter of parenting. And as Steve Wallen mentioned last week, if you tuned in, Proverbs uh, is a book of practical wisdom on how to live, excuse me, how to live life well, and it, it's full of wisdom and and guidance with uh, from people who again have received guidance from the Lord, but but they've experienced some 
things in life. They've gone out to live these practices and to pass uh, some of these good things on to us. And I think it's always worth pointing out when you're reading Proverbs that these are not promises, but they are probabilities, kind of like rules of thumb. Basically, if, if you follow these Proverbs, if you put them to practice in your life, like you're, you're more likely to have a rich, satisfying, godly life. And so I, I want to look at Proverbs 22.6 with you. Uh, if you've got a Bible with you and you want to follow along, um, Luke taught his buddy how to ride a bike uh, in the same way, moms and dads, here's what God has to say for us when it comes to our role as parents. Proverbs 22.6, we read this, teach children how they should live and they will remember it all their life. Parents, we have the responsibility to teach our kids to eat. You are teaching them, if they're young, to get dressed for themselves, teaching them how to do things like ride a bike. We, we teach them how to make wise decisions and to make good choices. You, you can give your kids multiple experiences and opportunities that are going to help shape them as people. But most importantly, teach your kids how to love and to follow Jesus, like teach them what it means to look like and to live out and to model the ways of Jesus. Like there is no better gift that you can give your kids than to teach them to love and to follow Jesus with every part of their lives. I've got three kids. I've got two in high school, uh, two boys and a girl in middle school. It's, it's fair to say that I have some experience in parenting, but by no means do I have it figured out. And so what I'd like to do today is I'd like to share with you a little of what I've learned along the way, some things that Jenny and I have gained from. And much of what I'm going to share is wisdom from others that's been passed along to me. But I also went back to a message that I shared with our church in 2014 that I found helpful then, but uh, found that I was make some, able to make some adjustments for it today, and much of it came from the influence of others, and specifically a pastor that I had the privilege of working for a number of years ago, a guy by the name of Dave Stone, and he and his wife wrote a, a series of books on parenting. They've been an encouragement to my wife and I, and I hope that you might benefit from some of their wisdom too. But here's how I'm going to do it today. I want to talk to moms first uh, for just a few minutes, and then I'm going to turn and talk to dads, and, and I would just say again that this is beneficial, whether you you're married, uh, maybe you're a single parent or, or hope to be a parent eventually, uh, what I want to do today is I want to share with you what I believe are some important gifts that you can give your children, gifts that are going to teach them and help them grow in their relationship and their love for Jesus. So let's begin there. Let's start again with moms. And when it comes to moms, Dave Stone says it like this. He says, what the heart is to the body, the mother is is to the home, all right? So moms, I, I think you know this, but you have an incredibly important role to play in the lives of your children. They are a gift to you. You are a gift to them. And that just means that every moment that you have with them, that, that first touch, uh, that feeding in the middle of the night, uh, driving them to their next game, like every moment that you get with them is an opportunity to help them grow in their love for the Lord. And if you think that's a lot of pressure, it is. And I think you know that. I think you know it's hard work too. And whether you work from home or maybe you work away from the home or uh, maybe you choose to stay at home, like choosing to be a mom is no second-rate career at all. And so what you do and the way you live your life, it can have a significant impact on your children. And when the goal is teaching your children to know and to follow Jesus Christ, well, I think you're reminded how important your role really is. So mom, I'm gonna share with you kind of quickly six gifts that 
that you can give your children six gifts that can help you raise your kids to love the Lord. And the first thing is just this. When it comes to teaching your children, one of the best things that you can do is love their dad. Titus chapter 2 in the New Testament says, women love your husbands and love your children. And I would just make sure that we're clear. That means that your relationship with Jesus is priority number one. Your relationship with your husband is priority number two. And I know this might seem obvious, but the fact is that sometimes we need to be reminded of this, that that makes your relationship with your children actually priority number three. Wives, uh, moms listening today, keep loving your husband. I know it's hard work uh, with kids and all, uh, but my encouragement to you is this, like don't put your marriage on hold until your kids go off to college one day. Like your marriage is important right now. And it's not just for you, all right? And it's not just for your husband, as important as that is, but it's for important for your children to see and experience as well. And I'll talk more about this in just a few minutes, but your children are gonna be blessed and encouraged by a happy home and by a mom and dad who are happily married to one another. And so love their dad. Uh, speak highly of them. Let, let your kids see you show affection towards one another. Take time for one another. Like make sure your marriage is a priority. And I know that some of you are divorced. Um, I know that you, some of you are in a situation where you're not remarried right now. And I know there are exceptions to what I'm about to say. But let me say it anyway. If you're divorced and your kid's dad is still in the picture even if you don't love him anymore, remember this, he's still their dad and chances are they still need him. And so you can help your children love and respect him by the way that you speak of him. Again, chances are they still need him too and so love their dad. The second thing is this, the second thing is to establish a healthy pace. We're, we're all runners in my family. My high school boys run. My middle school daughter runs. My high school boys won't run with me anymore. They're, they're too fast. But my seventh grade daughter, Kate, will still run with me even though she's faster than I am. And so when we run together, I always have to remind her that I'm setting the pace, all right? You're not setting the pace because you'll go too fast, but I'm setting the pace for, for this run. Uh, moms, in the same way, you have an important part to play in the life of your family, uh, protecting them by setting the pace for your home. And one of the gifts that you can give your children is to protect your family from the out of control pace and chaos that often comes with living in the burbs, all right? So like don't fall into the, the, the trap, the, the trap of, of countless activities, the, the going all the time, the sprinting all the time. It's not worth it. And so moms help create a home where kids are satisfied by being at home and where your family can be together. Dave Stone says that, that mom should have the tenacity of a Doberman uh, when it comes to protecting your home and protecting your family from a busy schedule. And so protect your family. Uh, keep your family focused on the most important things. One thing that Jenny has done for us and for our family over the years is to make eating at the dinner table a priority every night. Now, we're not perfect at this. We don't hit this 100%. But I'd say this. I think it's fair to say that over the last 18 years, we've averaged averaged at least six nights a week where we sit down together at the same dinner table as a family to share a meal and to share a life. And that might mean once in a while dinner's at eight or 8.30, but we work hard to eat together so that we can have that time as a family and you should too. And so control the pace of your family, like be a stabilizing presence in this fast pace, always on the go world. The third thing is this, uh, be an encourager. 
Uh, be an encourager to your family. Paul writes, the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians about how we should be encouraged and strengthened in our faith in Jesus and how we can use that hope of ours to encourage others, especially our children. Moms, you can be that voice of encouragement to your kids. Uh, be a safe place for them. Be that someone that they can trust. And, and whether your, your child is in high school or you've got a kid in preschool, make time each day to talk and, and to listen to them affirm them, uh, show physical affection, like they want to know that you love and care for them. I, I still remember one time when I was in high school, a long time ago, uh, I was in high school, I was a little discouraged uh, by some uh, relationships uh, that weren't going so well in my life, and I didn't think anyone could tell, but do you know what? My mom could tell, and I can still picture that evening where my mom came walking into my bedroom and sat down uh, on the bed next to me and started asking me questions until I opened up. And I can remember crying and kind of pouring out some of my feelings to her. And she listened and she encouraged me. Was it a big deal? It was over 30 years ago and I still remember it. I remember how she did that for me. Moms, your kids are processing a lot. Uh, your teen is thinking about a lot of different things. And, and again, at every stage of life, be an encouragement. Uh, be a good listener. And, and let every opportunity you have with your kids also do this. Create teachable moments. You know, I think this is what Solomon had in mind when he wrote the words, teach your children. Basically, as you're living life, as you're doing life, as you're going through different scenarios, like teach your children, as you, as you raise your kids, as you talk, as you listen and observe, like create teachable moments that are going to impact them forever. Um, I, I've got a son who's 18 now. I remember when he was in preschool. And I remember when we went in for a parent-teacher conference for him in preschool, and uh, as the teacher was going through the evaluation, one of the things that she pointed out, and she said it rather seriously, was, uh, your son won't participate in rhythm dance time. I got to be honest, as I thought to myself, I don't really see what the problem is here. Uh, but unfor uh, uh, it was a big deal to her at least, but, and it probably was because as we got into elementary school, there was this one particular occasion where a music teacher contacted Jenny and said, hey, Joel's attitude and participation in music class isn't great. There was probably some disrespect there too. And so uh, Jenny made Joel write a letter. He had to write a letter of apology. Uh, he had to write out his intentions and his willingness to do a better job of participating in music class. And you want to know something that's really cool? Uh, my son Joel loves music today. Uh, he plays the trumpet. Uh, he's taken an interest in the guitar. And we credit an, an outstanding elementary music teacher uh, for a big part of that influence. But I also think his mom's creativity and discipline had something to do with it too. Moms, create teachable moments with your kids. Uh, get creative and discipline. Uh, and when your kids mess up, like don't overreact or respond in anger. I know we all do that. I've struggled with that at times. But like take time to sit down and talk about what happened with your kids and why, you know, it's important, uh, you know, why things like obedience is such an important thing and, and discipline when necessary. We need to discipline. That's part of our responsibility. But don't forget to demonstrate grace and forgiveness too. And, and when you must discipline, as hard as it is, remind your kids how much you love them and why you're doing these things. And let me just add this. Don't just catch your children doing the wrong thing either, but catch them doing the right thing. And as you catch them doing the right thing, make sure you make a big deal out of that as well. Here's something else. Uh, teach them to follow Jesus. Uh, what do we want to see our kids do? 
We, we want to see them. We want them to love and to follow Jesus. And so talk about your faith with your kids, even at a young age. Uh, talk about your love for God. You know, shut off the radio when you're in the car and, and talk about what you're reading in your Bible and how you're, you're trying to apply that to your life. Like read your Bible with your kids. Uh, I, I love hearing stories right now about families and individuals in our church that are reading through the Bible with us and, and families and students and kids doing this together. Like what a great opportunity to talk about God and to talk about about his word and how it, we should apply it to our lives. I, I love watching our families serve together here at Genesis. I, I think our church offers something special and that we value, you know, children serving alongside of their parents. And, and it's important to take your kids to church. It's important to get them involved in things like GSM. And it's great to serve with them. But if you want your kids to love the Lord, moms, let them see you love the Lord. Let them see the difference your relationship with Jesus is making in your life and how you are working hard to make him priority one. Don't underestimate the influence that you have with your kids. And here's the last thing, the last gift that you can give your kids is to pray for your kids. Uh, this is the most important thing that we do is to pray for our kids, to pray for them by name, uh, to pray when you see them struggling, to pray for how you want to see them grow and things you want them to overcome in their life, to pray for big decisions like the college they'll choose or the spouse they will choose one day. Pray that they will love and follow Jesus. And you know what? Maybe you've got a blended family. Uh, or maybe your kids are only with you part of the time because they're also spending time with an, an ex who is remarried. And, and, and so maybe you've, your kids are spending time in their home as well. Like if that's the case, pray for the other woman that's involved in their lives, that she's going to value the same things that you do. And if you're a, if you're a single mom uh, with no dad in the picture right now, like pray that God will put godly men in your child's life. And I'll add that if you want to pray that God puts a hot godly man in your life too, he's okay with that as well. But, but seriously, for those of you that are doing this alone, like be encouraged uh, by promises that come out of verses like Psalm chapter 68, which say that the Lord is a father to the fatherless. Right? I, I can't imagine how hard it is to be a parent alone. But let me just encourage you today by saying that God is not absent, that he is close and available to you and he cares for your kids and moms, he cares for you too. All right. And now for the guest of honor, let's talk to the dads for just a few moments because like a mom, all right, dads, you also have an important part to play in raising your children to love and to live for Jesus. And so let me also suggest some gifts for you that you can give to your children to encourage them in their faith and their love for Jesus Christ. And the first one is this, like their moms, uh, I just want to point, you, you, uh, you need to love their mom well as well. Um, Work hard at loving your wife. You know, Jenny and I, my wife, we've been married for almost 23 years. We know that marriage is full of highs. It's full of lows. It's not always easy. I know that circumstances change. We all go through seasons, but we have to, men. We've got to work hard at protecting and growing our marriages. And so do those special things that you used to do for your wife, you know, when you were dating, you know, especially when you have kids, especially if you have young kids. Uh, keep showing love to your wife. Co communicate loving to her, you know, especially in front of the kids, like keep arguments private as much as possible. Don't underestimate 
the, the safety and security that your happy marriage and healthy marriage can provide for your kids. It's a really big deal. And I like what the Apostle Paul says. You know, his challenge to, to men, to husbands specifically, is to husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. I, I don't think we understand the implica implications, the, how big of a deal that is to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And so you can love her with your words. Uh, you can certainly love her with your actions. You can love her with your time. Uh, you know, one of the things that Jenny and I have made a priority since our kids were little was to get away uh, for at least a few nights at least one time a year. And I know that doing something like that requires some really good grandmas uh, or some close family or friends in your life. Thankfully, we had that. Um, I will say that our marriage has grown because of the time we've spent away from our kids with one another. And you know what? It was good for our kids too. I think it was good for our kids to see us go away. And, and even when they were young, to see us, to watch us come home. And of course, they got a lot of great quality time with grandma too. But if you can, get away. You know, get away for a night or two, you know, once or twice a year if you can. And again, I know it's not easy. I know it takes effort. I know it takes planning and a lot of arrangements. And so if you can't get away, at least get creative to make sure that you are regularly spending time with your wife. Keep dating her and investing in your marriage because it's been good for our marriage. And again, it's been good for our kids too. But here's something else. Number two, teach your kids respect. Like, know this, your kids are going to test boundaries, you know? And when they do, you've got to be intentional about discipline. You've got to be intentional about teaching things like obedience and not after you've warned them for the 14th time, all right? Because if you get into the habit of warning them 14 times, chances are that's going to catch up to you as they get older. And dads, don't just leave discipline to mom either. I've been guilty of that, of trying to get out of that whole disciplinarian role, but you've got to be involved, all right? You and your wife have to be on the same page working on discipline together. And here's something else uh, about respect. Like don't, don't underestimate the importance of teaching your kids, especially when they're young, uh, how to interact with others. Like teach them how to look an adult in the eyes or how to give a handshake or uh, how to have a conversation. Teach them how to talk on the phone to another individual. Uh, remind them to say thank you and to appreciate others. We, we took our family out to uh, live music in the Nickel Plate Park the other night in Fisher's. And my daughter got to take a couple of friends with her. And I was just impressed on when we were on our way home and we went to drop off both of those girls about how intentional each one was to telling us thank you for letting them come along. Like that's, that's a sign of some intentional parenting. And, and one more thing uh, about respect, like teach your child even how to disagree with someone. Uh, and to do it in an appropriate way, uh, to do it respectfully. Like I always remember this. I used to take my boys with me. I used to play in a basketball league. And I always used to, even when my boys were really young, I would take them with me and they would enjoy sitting on the sidelines. And, and I always did a really good job of keeping my cool in basketball game. But there was just this one occasion where I felt like I was unfairly called for a foul. And the words just came out of my mouth. And my boys will always remember them and they still make fun of me for it today. But I said to the referee, Sir, how is that a foul? And they just get a kick out of the fact, not so much that I was questioning the ref, but that I referred to him as sir in that moment. Now, I should have never questioned the ref to begin with, but I'm at least grateful that I called him sir. You, you can help your kids. You can teach them respect. You can 
teach them how to appropriately disagree with someone. You can help them develop their own convictions and yet still be polite and, and, and respectful at the same time. And let me just add this to you before we move on. Dads, especially with your sons, teach them how to love and respect a girl and to love and respect other women and make sure that they show that same level of respect to their mom too. Here's, here's another one. Third, spend quality time with your kids. I, I'm grateful for my dad. Uh, I am. He's still living. He was a busy man growing up, but I will always be grateful for his influence and his time invested in me. Like I could sit down and just make a list of many of the great memories I have with my dad. And so many of those memories involve time alone with him. Dad, spend quality time with your kids. Make memories, but not memories just for memory's sake. Like let that quality time together grow uh, your level of trust with one another and the love that you have uh, and your kids towards you. I, I've tried to be intentional about this uh, so from coaching my kids' sports teams to riding bikes together for ice cream to throwing the baseball in the backyard. So, someone gave, gave me this idea. I, I planned special adventures with each of my kids when they turned 10. Uh, that was a celebration a short trip that they got to take just with dad and they got to help plan it. I, I've spent my own money uh, to take both of my boys on separate trips with me to visit one of our ministry partners in Albania. And so we'll always have that memory of spending that time together. Now, my daughter keeps reminding me that it's her turn. And oh, by the way, my al wife also reminds me who's never been, hey, I eventually get a turn in there as well. But um, I, I think I've done some things right with my kids, um, but I failed to. Uh, if I'm honest, I, I grieve some moments missed. Um, I regret uh, all of the times that we've been together and I wasn't fully present, that I was distracted by things like work or um, distracted by my phone, not fully present with them, thinking about other things. But I could let those regrets translate to inaction, uh, but by the grace of God, I keep working hard each day uh, to grow in my own faith in the Lord, but also grow as a parent in the way that I love my kids. Someone once said this, that the best time to plant a shade tree is 25 years ago. The second best time is today. And uh, dads, don't, don't get stuck in guilt. Uh, don't let shame keep you from trying and from trusting God, no matter how much time or how little time you have left with, with your kids at home. Like, make good use of it. Spend quality time with your kids. Invest in your sons. Uh, invest in your daughters. It's a tough world. Your, your kids are going to experience and go through some difficult things. And studies show that they're going to be more likely to turn to you the more quality time you spend with them. Here, here's the fourth thing. Like with moms, be an encourager to your kids. Support and encourage them. Take an interest in what interests them. You may love sports. Your kid love, may love the arts. Hey, find a way to love the arts with them too. Let, let them see you standing in their corner and don't just point out their faults, but again, catch them doing the right things as well and celebrate them. Teach them how to fail. Uh, teach them how to respond when they come up short, affirm them, let them know how proud you are of them and what you see in them. John Eldred says it like this, your son or daughter, no matter how old, will always want and need to hear these words from you. I'm proud of you. You have 
what it takes. Number five is this. Number five gift is to teach them to follow Jesus. I was reading this past week that point two percent of kids will go pro in a sport. All right, point two percent of kids will go pro in a sport. Can I tell you though that a hundred percent of our kids will stand before Jesus one day? You can teach them how to play sports. You can invest time in sports. Please make sure that you're spending time investing them, helping them learn how to follow Jesus above all else. And the best way to do it is to model it for them, to model it for your kids. Dads, your spiritual influence is so great. It's so much more than you realize. In fact, there's a study. It's been around for a while. I'm sure the numbers have changed, but I think the principle is still there. That if a, if a child in a given family comes to Christ, there's a 3.5% chance that the rest of the family will come to Christ. Uh, in that same study, if a mother comes to Christ, there's a 17% chance that that's going to influence the other family members to come to Christ. But get this, if a father comes to Christ, there's a 93% chance that the rest of the family will do the same. Dads, do you want your kids to follow Jesus? Let them see it in you. Be a model, be a leader in your family. Be an example for your kids. Let them see you pray. Uh, let them see you reading your Bible. Uh, make going to church weekly a priority again. Teach and model things like generosity for your kids. Uh, share your faith with them. Talk about what you're learning and what you're struggling with. Let them see you apologize more than anything. Let them see Jesus at work in you. And finally, number six is to pray for your kids. One of the best gifts, probably the most important gift that you can give your children is to pray for them regularly, to pray for them by name each day, uh, to pray at the dinner table, to pray with them and for them at bedtime, to pray for them in the morning, maybe when they're out the door on their way to a big exam. Uh, and if you've divorced, all right, if you're divorced, uh, and your children spend more time uh, with your ex than you do, pray that her home will be a place where Jesus is glorified. If mom isn't around anymore, pray that God's gonna put godly women uh, in your kids' lives. Like your children are God's gift to you and you're a gift to them as well. And whether they're at home or have a home of their own even, they've grown and moved on. Uh, you can bless them. You can care for them. Uh, by praying for them each day. Again, let's come back to our proverb one more time. Proverbs 22, verse six, we read, teach children, parents, how they should live and they will remember it all their life. And again, this is not a promise. Again, it's a probability. It's a practice, all right? This is based on uh, proven things that when we make the effort to teach our kids, to pour into them with the time that we've been given, and we model Jesus for them. They're, they're more likely to follow him or at least return to him at some point in their life if they walk away. And I know, I understand the burden of this, man. There are times when I look at my kids and I see the best of me in them and I see the worst of me in them. And all the time I'm wondering, am I like, are we messing up our kids? Are we doing good things for them? Man, it's a challenge, right? It's challenging to be a parent, especially right now in the world that we're living in with so many things going on. And, and I have no idea what's going on in your life, but I know that today, maybe for some of you, you've got some circumstances going on around you that are already difficult enough. 
but also making it difficult to teach your children, to care for them, to parent them, and to raise them in this world. And so if you're at a place today where you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I, I can't do this alone. I, I don't have what it takes. I just want you to know that you're not alone in that. Uh, that I feel the very same way. And if, if you've got that feeling, you know, and I, I can't do this alone, like you're correct. I'm, we're, I'm right. Like we can't do this alone. It, it takes uh, a spouse if, you, if you're married, you know, and you and your spouse working together. It takes a family. It, it takes good friends to, to raise children, to come alongside of you as you're raising your kids to know and to love Jesus. I, I'll just add this as well. I mean, if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling desperate, it's like it takes a church family. Like this is one of the big reasons why a church family is so important. And because of the circumstances going on in our country and world this past year, you know, like our, our church families have really come under attack and, and you need a church family. Like Genesis can be that church family for each of us and so many of us and even you today where we can care and support and, and love one another. But most importantly, we need God. You and I, we need the Lord. Uh, we need his help in parenting because it's not an easy task. But the great thing is that we have a helper in God. The Apostle Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It's not just about parenting, but it certainly applies to parenting as well as all of life. But Paul says this. Here are the words of Jesus. Jesus says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And then Paul adds, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Basically, Paul says, as I acknowledge that I'm weak, I actually become more aware of the fact that Christ's power is available to me. He says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and in the hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ because here, and this is what I want you to see before we close. He says, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because in Jesus, when I acknowledge my weaknesses and my dependence on God, I may feel weak, but actually the more and more I depend on Jesus, I become strong. Christ is there for you. He can help you. He is everything we need. Let me close by praying for you today. Father in heaven, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you for the wisdom that you offer to us through your word, through people who have lived life that are following Jesus and come alongside of us and offer help and encouragement along the way. Thank you for our church family and for how we can be that support and love for one another. And I pray for those that are listening right now that they will know your presence. They will know uh, your closeness and your power in their life for every circumstance, but certainly in parenting as well. And I pray that we might turn to you. And as we turn to you, God, that it would be our desire to teach our kids to know and to love Jesus above all else. We need your help, Lord. Be our help. Be our help in our weakness. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.